Welcome back to the Millennial Momentum Podcast. Tommy Tahoe, your host here, and really fired up to get you this episode. Uh, I'm on a journey for a better life, more money, better relationships, better health, move up the company, get better at my craft, all of, all that jazz. I know you are too, um, and thank you for following me, and, and I hope I can provide some some value to you. Today, I'm doing a quick book review, Living with a Seal by Jesse Itzler, and this is a really good book, and I flew through it in about like four days. I mean, it's a really quick read, but I couldn't put it down. It was it was great, and um, for those of you that don't know, I'm, I'm actually um, taking Jesse Itzler's eight-week course. It starts uh, today as I'm, as I'm filming this, so probably a few days from now, but um, calling Build Your Life Resume. So I'm really excited to, for that course. I'm a huge fan of Jesse. It's a huge fan of the book. David Goggins, shout out, fan of the week, Katie Ott. She told me to read this book. As soon as she did, I ordered it that day. A few days later, it came in Amazon, and I took it down. So uh, thanks to Katie for the recommendation, for listening. Thank you for listening. Um, what else? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. They're all Tommy Tahoe, TomLamo.com for the blog, for the podcast, for a lot of exciting things. Um, I'm going to stop talking and get into the book review here. Uh, so hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening. Let's get it on. Guys, we are reviewing book. Jesse Itzler's Living with a Seal. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you very much. If you're on the YouTube channel, at Tommy Tahoe, thank you for that as well. Um, so I just read uh, Living with a Seal by Jesse Itzler. It was recommended to me by uh, a couple different people, Katie Ott in particular. Shout out to Katie Ott. Um, and I've been a big fan of both Itzler and David Goggins for a while now. Um, maybe I'll just give you a little bit of background, then we're going to get dive on into the book. So Jesse Itzler is, uh, whew, he's a crazy guy. Um, he is currently the owner of the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, formerly, he founded or he co-founded Marquee Jet, which sold to NetJets, which is owned by Warren Buffett. And then he partnered uh, with a few people to create Zyco, the coconut water, which sold to Coca-Cola. Uh, and then way before that, he was uh, a rapper. He created uh, the first NBA soundtrack for the New York Knicks. Um, just a crazy entrepreneur. And um, he's married to Sarah Blakely, who is the founder of Spanx. And I believe she's the youngest ever American woman billionaire um so they're each um if not both billionaires both you know 100 millionaires and and she's definitely a billionaire so um he's a crazy guy and then in his spare time he runs ultra marathons so he runs you know 50 70 100 mile races so um he's just sick like that he's a crazy guy um and he was someone that um you know, you wouldn't expect that would get in a slump a little bit and wouldn't need to kind of kick things in, into extra gear. Uh, but he, that's where he found himself. At that, at that point in his life, he said, um, you know, I need to shift it up a little bit. I'm doing the same thing. I'm getting into the routine. And, you know, I've, I've felt myself in that same place before. Not that I've ever uh, lived with, you know, Navy SEAL. 
<clears throat> but he, so this is where the book kicks off. So he's at, he's at this race. He's doing a relay race with a few friends and it's a hundred mile race in 24 hours or, you know, it's 24 hours to see how many times you can run around a track. The goal is a hundred miles in 24 hours. And he has four other teammates. So they, they take turns running and they've got all the gear. They've got all the refreshments and the snacks and all that, all that stuff that you need. Um, when you're running for that long, uh, you need a lot. And, he, Hitler sees this man, this large guy, um, about 270 pounds, shows up by himself. All he has is uh, a little thing of crackers and a water. And he he's by himself. He doesn't smile. He doesn't talk to anyone. And he's just like, he, what Hitler sees is that he's just, you know, kind of barreling through. And he's really impressed with the effort that, that it took. What really happened is, you know, David Goggins is a former Navy SEAL, and at the time, this is post being a SEAL, um, you know, he decided that he wanted to raise money for, um, you know, the Wounded Warrior Foundation, right? And, you know, he thought, you know, I want to do, I don't want to do it the normal way, I don't want to just fundraise, I want to do it in a badass way, like I want to, you know, what's something that, uh, you know, a physical task that needs to get done, um, and that people would be impressed with that people think is intimidating. And so you know, he thought ultra marathons was the way to go. At the time, he was 270 pounds. He was bodybuilding. He was powerlifting. He was just doing, you know, heavy deadlifts and squats and benches and all that stuff. He hadn't picked up a pair of running shoes in over a year, no training, just showed up to this race in San Diego, which is crazy. Um, so he shows up barrels through the first 70 miles in about 12, 13 hours. So he's ahead of pace. He's doing great. Um, and then his body breaks down to the point where he's broken every foot in his, every bone in his foot. He has muscle tears. Um, he has to go sit down and he literally cannot, there's a bathroom 20 feet away. He literally does not have the energy to stand up and get to the bathroom. So he actually pees blood down his leg. I mean, he is a broken man 70 miles into this race. And people are seeing this and they're like, holy shit, like, you got to get him some help. He says, no, I'm going to keep going. I got to get this 100 miles in or I can't uh, compete in, you know, further races and, and keep the funding going. So he gets up and he just, first he walks through and then he jogs, then he runs and he finishes. He gets it done. Um, in plenty of time, I think he got it done in like 19 or 20 hours. So he had time to go, time to spare, and he gets 100 miles in. So long story short, in, in the beginning, Jesse sees this, and he's like, holy shit, I don't know who this guy is, but I need to know him. So he um, so he cold calls him. He looks him up, and he, he cold calls him, and Jesse has this, um, this crazy curiosity, I would say, um, that you know, he'll just cold call people randomly that he thinks are cool. And, and he's, you know, basically tries to be their friend. And it's cool, because that's pretty much what I do with the podcast with the interviews is, you know, I listen to someone on a podcast, or I read their book or see them on Instagram. And like, I want to be their friend, I want to talk to them for 45 minutes, I'm going to go, you know, disguise it as a podcast and put it out there and, and try to gain their knowledge and network with them. So he cold calls him. 
And he flies out to California the next day to meet with him. And, um, you know, he, he proposes that Goggins lives with him and his family for a month, for 31 days. And, you know, he'll pay him and, and all that stuff. And Goggins, you know, agrees under one circumstance that he will do anything. It's not to do anything he says. Nothing is held back. There's no excuses, nothing. And uh, Itzler says it's on. Let's do it. Um, I don't think he knew exactly what he was getting himself into, but um, you know that's how this kicks off. And a good quote from Itzler to kick this off is, most of my successes in life have come from learning how to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Like I said, I just want to get better. That's all he wants. He does things a lot differently than most people, but that's you know part of the reason why he's so successful. Dramatic sip of coffee. So, you know, one of the, the, the first lesson is that I had was, you know, committing to the decision. If you go back to where Goggins needed to get that race done, he needed to get those 100 miles in. You know, he committed to doing it. He had every reason to back out, and he didn't back out. He went through with it. Um, and so, you know, I guess that is, you know, similar to, to Itzler. He had, you know, he, he wanted to back out of this probably on day one, uh, but he kept it going. So, you know... He, um, day one, Goggins shows up, no, no suitcase. This is kind of like two points here. No suitcase, nothing. It's, it's, um, it's December in 2010 in New York City, and it's one of the harshest winters of all time in New York City. Um, you know, the city was pretty much shut down. There was, uh, like advisory that you shouldn't go outside, you shouldn't drive, you shouldn't do anything. Businesses were closed, and, um, you know, Goggins shows up and it's 10 degrees out and snowing and you know, he's just got like shorts and uh, you know, like a t-shirt and, you know, no hat, no gloves and no suitcase. He's just got like, you know, maybe a backpack and like that's it. Um, so the first day, you know, it's there's like, what is going on? So, you know, the minimalism thing is really cool that, you know, he shows up, you know, and the when and when he leaves, it's like he wasn't even there. Like you know, he's he's got his little bag. He doesn't require much food. He you know is making the bed every morning. Like all he cared about Goggins was you know the mission at hand, which in this case was to train Itzler mentally and physically, um, and then getting his own fitness right. I mean, he's they're doing like two a days, three a days, but Goggins like you know there was one point where they did like a two or a three a day. And they're done at like 11 at night. And then he goes downstairs to the gym in their apartment building. And he's just on the stationary bike all night from like 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. And like it goes down there and just sees like, you know, massive puddle of sweat. It's like, yeah, I've just been biking for eight hours. Okay. So um, so let's get to this. Day one, Goggins shows up and they're like, you know. We're gonna go. We're gonna go for a run outside. Seven a.m. Ten degrees, blizzard, obviously. And you know, Itzler thinks that you know, just because it's it's cold and it's snowy, that you know, like, hey, we're not gonna go outside. Goggins, you know, gets him off off to an uncomfortable start. And Itzler goes to Goggins, and says, "Hey, do you know it's fourteen degrees outside?" And Goggins, you know, turns to him. He says, "Enjoy this shit. If you want to be seventy and sunny, it's seventy and sunny. Just run." The elements are in your mind. I don't ever check the temperature when I run. Who gives a fuck what the temperature on the computer says? The computer isn't out there running, is it? 
Whoo, yeah. He gets right into it. And, um, you know, that controlling of the mind is maybe the biggest thing. And that's probably, you know, if everyone has a superpower, if everyone's great at one thing, uh, Goggins is controlling the mind. I mean, he just, he plays through pain. Um, and he, when he's not working out, it, it's like his his mind is just kind of blank. Like he just puts himself in really uh, t- you know, interesting places mentally when he's working out that he doesn't feel the pain or he pushes through the pain or you know, he's got all these tactics to get around it. So like day one, it's controlling the mind. If you want it to be 70 and sunny, it's 70 and sunny. Um, so, you know, that's huge. Um, you know, another thing that Goggins, you know, teaches Itzler and teaches me is the power of not having excuses, right? I mean, they, their workout schedule's intense, right? I mean, they, they get up every morning, uh, you know, five ish and they run at least six miles. Some days it's eight, some days it's 10, some days they're wearing a 50 pound weight vest, um, and every night they run at least three, and sometimes it's eight, and sometimes it's ten, and sometimes there's a weight vest, and sometimes there's hills and all that stuff. Um, and then all throughout the day, <laughs> they're doing pull-ups and push-ups and sit-ups and, and squats and all this stuff. Um, but there's no excuses, right? Um, you know, he, they, um, you know, there's one, there's one point where Itzler has a really big business meeting and Goggins follows him to work and he's just like kind of watches him work during the day. Um, and it's just so interesting. And they have like a 10 minute break or 15 minute break from this big meeting. You know, it's, there's got a suit on all this stuff and you know, Goggins right when they take a break, Goggins pulls him aside and goes, you got a burpee test. And it's like, I, I can't do that. Like this is the biggest meeting of the year for me. And Goggins says, you got to do whatever I say. hundred burpees as fast as you can do it. So Itzler is in his office, strips down to his boxers, and rips 100 burpees as quick as he can. He's just, you know, beating sweat, and, you know, has to go back to the meeting, and he's dripping in sweat, and everyone's like, what is going on? But he did it. No excuses. Like, you know, 10, 12 minutes, however long it took him to get those 100 burpees in, like, he just got it done. Um, And you can get, like, that's when you're thinking, hey, I don't have the time to do to be fit or I don't have the time to do this side hustle or I don't have the time to do whatever. That's just an excuse. Um, they found the time to get these workouts in. Like Itzler didn't stop working. His job as a husband and as a, a father didn't stop. I mean, he was just adding on all of this extra, uh, you know, exercise type of, of, uh, commitments. So, you know, there's no excuses, no excuses. Um, and on the on the moment of the workouts on the piece on the piece around that like it was it was simple the whole philosophy of goggins is like it's simple but not easy right like he didn't need a bunch of equipment i think they you know they lifted weights maybe once or twice but it was like simple like bench press you know do some rows do but for the most part it was running it was pull-ups push-ups sit-ups um maybe some dips and and that and and maybe some bike, but like that's really it. Um, but it would be so much volume of all those things that Itzler's body would break down. You know, it would be um, you know a thousand push-ups in a day. It would be how many pull-ups can you do in twenty minutes until your arms fall off? Like doing you know ten, twelve, fifteen miles in a day in the snow, um, or at some points in the Georgia heat when they're down there, and it would be you know. It would be running, 
before your plane in the morning, and then as soon as you land, doing a bunch of push-ups. It was just crazy. And he keeps it simple, and it's like sometimes I think we overcomplicate fitness. Like, oh, I need to do, I need to, I need all this fancy equipment, or I need to go to Barry's boot camp, or whatever this is. Like, you can do it all on your own, and you don't need three hours. You need thirty minutes, and you could be beat down if you just do, you know, a bunch of push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, run, sprint, all this stuff. Like. You don't need all the fancy equipment. And so that's something that I might start getting into a little bit more is like, get you know, screw the gym. Like, although that, you know, there's cool stuff going on there too. Like, you know, just take a couple kettlebells, get on the, get on a hill in San Francisco and like, let's, let's get after it. So that was cool. And, uh, you know, like I said, Goggins would do the workouts with Itzler, but he would, you know, 5X or 10X the volume that he was doing. It was just crazy. Um, you know, at one point Itzler's like, complaining he's like i can't like i can't even lift my shoulder my arms above my head uh and then like from doing let's say you know 500 push-ups and then goggins would you know spend all night doing 5,000 push-ups and say fuck your shoulders (laughs) it's unreal um so a few more points throughout the book it's you know maybe to take a, a step away from goggins Throughout the book, Itzler, um, he tells stories from you know his business side and from the past, and just gives you some insight on that, which is really cool. And you know he tells these stories to Goggins too, because Goggins is you know somewhat interested in like how how have you made all of this money? How are you so successful? All that stuff. And one of my favorite stories is is uh, Itzler's. Uh, media campaign with Foot Locker. So this is back in the day. He's probably in his 20s, maybe his 30s. Yeah, probably his 20s. And he puts together some like media company with with a friend of his. And they're bidding for a radio campaign with Foot Locker. And they win the campaign because Itzler says, you know, we can get Grant Hill, uh, you know, in the campaign easily. Grant Hill that year won the Rookie of the Year in the NBA, he was like the hot shot. He was like the next big thing. It would be, um, you know, comparable, maybe not comparable to like LeBron, but getting a major, major superstar. Um, and and radio uh, and Foot Locker was like, yeah, I'm in. But Itzler didn't know Grant Hill. He didn't know anyone that knew Grant Hill. He had no connections. But he told the Foot Locker CEO, you know, I can get him. And the Foot Locker CEO said, you have 48 hours to deliver Grant Hill, uh, you know, saying whatever about Foot Locker or the deal's off. And this was, you know, this was all the money like Isler had to his name. He had nothing. Um, so he had to make this this happen. So he uses, you know, the remaining funds that he has, flies down to Orlando. He knows Hill has a game there that day. Gets there at 10 in the morning. The players usually show up at like 5 p.m., so he's just hanging around the stadium, sneaks in, um, pretending like he works there or something, and then, you know, finally sees Grant Hill in the evening before the game. He's like, oh, oh, you know, Grant, uh, you know, I was talking to your agent all day, which is not true, and, you know, it's part of your, your contract that you have to do this quick clip for a footlocker, which is also not true. Um, and so... <laughs> Uh, you know, after pretty much going to Hill and saying, like, you know, cutting the bullshit and says, hey, look, I flew down here on my own dime. Uh, this goes all the way up to the CEO of Foot Locker. I'm going to lose my job if you don't just do this quick clip. So Hill does it. 
reluctantly. Quick little 30-second clip for him. Isler flies back. They put it on the radio the next day. Saves the day. And then 20 years later, uh, I didn't even, this isn't featured in the book. I just found this, that Isler and Hill co-own, or Hill has a major piece in owning the Atlanta Hawks with Itzler. And it just goes back to Itzler, like he just gets his foot in the door and figures it out later. Um, he's done that so many times where, you know, he'll he'll call someone, say, yeah, I can do it, and then he figures it out. And, like, that's such a, a powerful strategy to have that he just has whatever it takes. Like, if he can get his foot in the door, he'll figure out the rest later. Um, and I think that's something that we could all deploy in certain aspects of our life. And so that was just a cool story that, you know, he's just, Itzler just does things his own way and he just gets the job done and he's got a whatever it takes attitude. I love that. I love it. Um, Maybe the last piece for you. It's getting towards the end of the month that they're together in December and it's, uh, it's New Year's. And so I guess it is the end of the month, literally. And Itzler and his wife have a party every year for uh, for New Year for their friends, and everyone goes around stereotypically, you know, what's your New Year's resolution? And people say, uh, you know, I want to start a business. I'm going to move to wine country. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And, uh, you know, whenever, when, when the conversation turns to Goggins, everyone, you know, is really quiet and is on the edge of their seat. Like, what is this guy going to say? Um, and, you know, his answer is simple. It says, I'm not looking for anything else. I'm going to do the same shit I've been doing, only better. And he just stops there. And I think it's a good place for this, you know, this episode to, to end and just say, hey, you know, it's great to have big goals and big ambitions. I certainly do. I'm sure that you do if you're listening to this. You're, you're, you're on your way to being a one percenter. You're getting after it. But sometimes it's, it's better to not overcomplicate things. Um, and you're doing what you've been doing, but you just want to get a little bit better, 1% better every day. Um, and that's all Goggins was, was trying to get after. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to make a gazillion dollars. He wasn't trying to um, you know, have this massive company. He wasn't trying to get all this media attention for the crazy endurance uh, you know, races that he's been doing. He just wants to get better at what he's doing, a little bit better every day. And I think that's really powerful. It's something that I want to take and just say, you know, let's not make this too complicated. Let's just be a little bit better at the podcast today. Let's be a little bit better of a salesperson today. Let's be a little more patient with my coworkers, with uh, my significant other, with uh, my friends, with my parents, whomever. A little bit better. And I think if we all just strive to be 1% better every single day, you don't take days off from that. You just get, but you don't try to boil the ocean either. Just 1%. I think this world can be a lot better of a place. I think we could be a lot stronger. And that is how things work out in the long run. So um, that's the way I'm going to end this thing. I would pick up the book if I were you. It's great. Um, You know, it's funny. You know, Goggins is, you know, the way he talks is is hilarious um, throughout the book. So I was I was laughing out loud at a few points. Um, it's got some good workouts in it if you're interested in that type of stuff. Like he breaks down like you know uh, what the what the workouts look like and you know the rep schemes and the sets and he breaks down every single day 
if there's multiple workouts a day, all that stuff. Some good business advice from Itzler. Um, now, if you if you can excuse me, I need to go cold call Jesse Itzler and uh, convince him to be my best friend. So thanks so much for listening.